Last year, a man was checking out a yard sale near New Haven in the U.S. state of Connecticut. There he found a six and a quarter inch wide blue and white Chinese bowl. Not that big, just about 16 centimeters wide. He bought it for $35. Soon after, he sent a picture of this bowl to antique experts. They checked and they verified this bowl as what they call an item of historical significance. As it turned out, it was a rare 15th century Ming Dynasty era ceramic. There are only six comparable dishes that are known to exist today. And they're found in places like the Palace Museum in Taipei or the British Museum in London. This bowl was included at an auction in South Sotheby's in New York just last month, May, March 17th to be exact. And it was expected to sell about between 300 to $500,000. At the end, this $35 floral porcelain bowl was sold for a whopping $721,800. Imagine that. 20,000 times more than its asking price at that yard sale. <laughs> it's always amazing to hear stories like this. To think that we have something that is of little or even no worth, only to find out how priceless it truly was. Today, we will hear a similar message from God concerning his people. To this world, they are worthless, even useless. But to God, they are precious. In fact, God has a wonderful plan prepared, for he is not finished with them yet. But they must trust him. They must obey him. To find out more, would you turn your Bibles with me to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 18. As you're turning your Bibles to this part of Scripture, let me remind you that the book of Jeremiah was about God's people who are in crises. The people of Judah was in crises. The forces of the nation Babylon were set to invade Judah. This was a national crisis. But if you look closely, it is more of a spiritual crisis. For Judah belonged to God. Judah was blessed by God. But Judah had forgotten God. God was no longer the center of their lives. For they have forsaken God. This is the reason why they face a terrifying and destructive invading force. Is this the end? Has God abandoned them? Through the prophet Jeremiah, God sent messages of hope to those who are in crises, then, even as today, like us, 
to those who think this might just be the end, which how some of us may feel, we can learn three life-giving lessons of hope. Three life-giving message of hope. Look with me in Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. It begins with these words. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Verse 3. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that was made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Verse 5, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Of Israel. The first life-giving lesson of hope is this. God is still at work. God is still at work. He is not finished yet. Chapter 18 begins with God commanding Jeremiah to observe a potter at work. Like any good potter, he has something in mind of what he wants the pottery to look like. But as the potter was shaping the lump of clay with his hands, it fell apart on him. Somehow the shape did not take. Verse 4 described it as marred, which means damage or become defective. Now we're not told why exactly. Perhaps the clay was too hard or maybe it was too soft. It just didn't form together. But notice what happened next. The potter did not throw this ruined piece of clay away. He didn't even worse throw it to the trash. Instead, he continued working on it. He reshaped it into another which he deemed good to make. In other words, he started over again with that same clay. This time, he gave it a shape that was good one that would hold its form. God said to his people, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. You know, when we are found defective, when we perhaps feel damaged, there's good news. God can remake us. When we fall apart, God can put us together again. All of this is because God is not finished yet. God is telling his people and us, yes, you may have messed up. Yes, you may have disobeyed, but I can still rework you. I can still form you into a vessel that is useful. I am not done with you yet. Once there was a young woman by the name of Adelaide Addison Pollard. Her desire, her longing was to be used by God, to serve God as a missionary to Africa. But when the opportunity came, 
she was not able to raise the needed fund for the journey. For that reason, she was left behind. Greatly discouraged, she attended a prayer service one evening. As she sat there, she heard an elderly woman pray this prayer. Lord, it doesn't matter what you do with us. Just have your own way with our lives. Lord, it doesn't matter what you do with us. Just have your own way with our lives. This elderly woman's prayer inspired Pollard greatly. It reminded her of this story in Jeremiah 18. So upon returning home that night, she sat down and wrote out her thoughts. She wrote out these words, Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now. As in thy presence, I humbly bow. Years later, Adelaide Pollard did make it to Africa. But not just to Africa, for she made it to Europe and to many other places. She was able to serve God in places that she had not thought of, in ways that she could not imagine. She was able to do much, much more in God's time, in God's way. God is working what is ultimately for our best. But many times it doesn't seem to, to us. I don't know why God allows certain things to happen. I don't know why the pandemic occurred. I don't know why this happened and that happened. We just don't know. But one thing we do know is that God is at work and He is able to turn circumstances around and make it beautiful. The potter is still at the wheel. The potter is still at work making things beautiful. The question is, will you let him? The question is, will you allow him to be in charge of your life? Will you let him make you, mold you as he seems fit? The first life-giving lesson of hope, God is still at work. He is not finished with you yet. There's more. Follow with me in Jeremiah 18, verses 7 to 10. In verse 7, the Lord continues with these words. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. Verse 8. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil 
in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Here's the second life-giving lesson of hope. God wants to accomplish His good purpose in your life. God wants to accomplish. He wants to make, to work out His good purpose in your life. Jeremiah warns Judah of the coming disaster if they continue to resist God, if they do not change. Remember, Judah had forgotten God. God was no longer the center of their lives. Judah had forsaken God. For this, they will be plucked up. They will be pulled down. They will be destroyed. But if the people of Judah repent, God will not bring about the planned destruction. Instead, God will build her up. God will plant her so that she may grow and be fruitful. Verse 10 tells us that God is at work concerning the good which would benefit His people. But for this to happen, a choice had to be made. One can choose to resist, to harden oneself against the Master's plan. Or one can choose to be flexible, to be moldable, and experience the good which God had planned. This week, I've been reading about restoration of broken pottery. Typically, if we have ceramics that had cracked or had chipped, we would try to put it together, and when in doing so, we want to cover up and hide the cracks so much as, as much as possible. We do that either with what we call camouflage adhesive or simply painting it over. But not so the Japanese. You see, the Japanese would use a technique called kintsugi, in which the artisan would restore a broken pottery in a very unique way. By the way, the word kintsugi literally means golden repair. And what they, do, they would do is they would restore broken pottery using a special tree sap, you know, a very sticky sap dusted with powdered gold. And after they put it together, there is a clear line of gold that is very obvious, in which it does not hide, but rather, you know, enhance the crack of the ceramic. And in a way, as you put it together, it gives the appearance not of something brand new, but rather something that has been repaired. You know, many of us would think about that, that doesn't make sense. You want the crack to be covered up, not so with Kintsugi. You see, through Kintsugi, the Japanese celebrate each pottery's unique history by emphasizing the fracture and the cracks, not to hide it, not to disguise it. It is said that Kintsugi makes the repaired piece even more beautiful than the original. 
It revitalizes it with a new look, one that gives it a second life. I like that. When I think of Kintsugi, it reminds me of what God wants to do in our life. That's what God wants to do, to make us beautiful in His way. Some of us may feel like we're no longer useful to God, for we have many flaws. We have committed many mistakes. There's just too much stain in us. We're essentially crackpots. But here's the good news. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. For God is able to rework. God is able to turn it into something wonderful. God tells Jeremiah that if a nation that was doomed to destruction repents, God would give them a second chance. Because God is still at the wheel of the potter, He is able and ready to do that, to rework into our life and make it wonderful. The first life-giving lesson of hope is that God is still at work. He is not finished yet. The second life-giving lesson of hope, God wants to accomplish His good purpose in your life. There's still one more. Would you read with me verse 11 of Jeremiah chapter 18? It says, Now therefore speak to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. Here's the third and final life-giving lesson of hope here in this passage. God is calling us to return to Him. God is calling out, asking us to come back to return to Him. Throughout the book of Jeremiah, God has been trying to get His people to turn and to return to Him. Earlier in chapter 6, verse 16, God implored His people to find the good and to walk in it so that they may find rest for their souls. In chapter 7, verse 23, the Lord went on to say, Walk in all the ways that I commanded you, that it may be well with you. God's desire is for them to draw near to Him, to hear His voice, to understand what He would do in and through them if they remained in his hands. There's a story of a couple who took a trip to England to shop in their beautiful antique stores. Both this couple would like, they, they like all types of antiques, but most especially teacups. And there's plenty of that in England. One time they spotted an exceptionally beautiful teacup. To which they asked the sales lady, may we see it? We've never seen one quite exquisite. As the sales lady handed it to them, 
suddenly the teacup begin, began to speak. You don't understand, said the teacup. I've always, I haven't always been a teacup. You see, there was a time when I was just clay. But the potter took me, rolled me, patted me over and over again, to which I yelled out, leave me alone. But the potter simply smiled, saying, not yet. Then I was placed on a spinning wheel. Suddenly, I was spun around and around and around. Stop it! I'm getting dizzy! I screamed. But the potter only nodded and said, not yet. Then he put me in the oven, and I never felt such heat. I wondered why would he want to burn me. So I yelled and I banged at the door, and all I could see through the opening is I could read his lip as he shook his head, saying, not yet. Finally, the door opened. The potter pulled me out, placed me on the shelf, and I began to cool. Ah, that's better, I said. But soon after, he took me again and brushed me and painted me all over. Oh, the fumes were horrible. I thought I would choke. Stop it, stop it, I cried. He only nodded, not yet. Then suddenly, he put me back into the oven, but not like the first one, for this time it was twice as hot, and I knew I would suffocate. So I begged, I pleaded, I screamed, I cried. And all the time I could see him through the opening, just nodding his head, saying, not yet. Then I knew there wasn't any hope. I would never make it. I was ready to give up. Finally, the door opened. He took me out, placed me on the shelf. An hour later, he handed me a mirror and said, look at yourself. And then I said, but that's not me. That couldn't be me. It's beautiful. I'm beautiful. I'm a teacup. In the same way, that's what we are in God's hand. If you want your life to matter, stay in the Master's hand. Abide with God. Spend time with the Lord Jesus. Read His Word. Take time to pray. Stay pliable. Stay moldable. And above all things, do not drift away from the Master. Stay in the Master's hand. Remember, God is still at work. He's not finished with you yet. Don't forget, God wants to accomplish His good purpose in you. And finally, God is calling us to turn, to return to Him. For this reason, and only through this, we can experience the purpose for which he intended for us. Let us pray. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, 
thank you. Thank you that we have been saved by grace. Your grace. Through faith. And it is not of ourselves. It is not our doing. It is a gift from you. It is not of our works for which we have no reason to boast. Lord, we are your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus so that we may do the good works that you have planned out for us. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your workmanship in us. We love you. We want to ask that you would do have your ways in our life, though we may not understand, though we may not find it pleasant, perhaps at that moment, but we know you have our best in mind, and we are safe in your hands. So, Father, I pray for each one, for your children, for, your, for the family of God, and for all those who, who want you in their life. Let your good works happen, Lord. Help us to trust in you. Help us to abide in you. For we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.